Hey guys, uh, welcome to Coffee Talk. We got a special episode this week. It's not a homily. It's it's not me and Grace, uh, co-host Grace. We actually have uh, a guest on to talk about um, her new book. Teresa, thanks for for joining. Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, Father, thanks for the opportunity. Um, well, my name is, as you mentioned, Teresa Tomio, and I'm an author, speaker, syndicated talk show host, and I'm a revert to the faith, and I spent 20 years in the secular media as a news anchor and news reporter. I uh, had a lot of success, and then during that time um, was growing in success and, and falling away from my faith and had a number of different come-to-Jesus moments that eventually brought me back to the church and into Catholic media, where I primarily work. And that's a very short story of a very long, bumpy road home. But suffice it to say, the new book, Listening for God, I think will be very helpful to those people who maybe have family members who are in the situation that I was in, or someone who just needs some encouragement right now. So this is my latest book, and I think it's number 14 or 15. I'm not sure. Uh, But I love to write. I've been doing writing my whole life since I was a child, and I'm blessed to be helping to share the gospel in whatever way I can on radio through my books and through my blogs and my pilgrimages and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I was a uh, uh, full disclosure here. I was uh, hearing confessions in my, and I'm not going to you know break the seal or anything, but one of my parishioners <laughs> came in and uh, she had your book. <laughs> she had listening for God, which is kind of cool. Uh, uh, this was a couple weeks ago and I thought, good. Oh, this is, that's really nice. Like that, that's a little God moment right there. Yes, absolutely. Um, so in, as I was reading through um, the book, um, one thing that I wanted to hear from you about um, was your move from, uh, from the secular media world to, the, uh, to being full-time ministry, right? And working kind mm-hmm. of for the church for the Lord. Um, that, that was just interesting to me. How did, how did that happen? How was that for you? Well, it wasn't an easy journey. It wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, the sun rose and I had this moment and the Lord said, let's go now from the secular media into Catholic ministry. It was like, no, I, I'm very happy. I was where I'm at. I make a lot of money. And yeah, it was it was a long journey. And that's why I, I wrote this book, because I know a lot of people have a lot of questions in terms of how do I know what's God speaking? Well, it doesn't make sense. And what if I'm doing something that's not bad, that's not sinful? I'm I'm making a difference somewhere, but I'm you know, hearing God telling me to go somewhere else. I had all of those experiences and then some. Uh, the journey from the secular media to the Catholic media took several years. And mm-hmm. I had my reversion in the middle of my very highly successful media career. And so after I came back to the church and my last job in TV news, my last job in the media was as a news director of a big radio station here in my hometown of the Detroit area. But my last TV job was on the big ABC affiliate. And at that point, when I was at this station, I was back in the church. My husband and I were on fire. And we called ourselves born-again Catholics. We had come back to the church through a non-denominational Bible study. We got very involved in our parish. We got involved in engaged couples ministry, went to the Holy Land back in 1995, the very first time. We were rocking and rolling. And I landed this, this job at this big TV station. I worked at another station, but, but ended up on, on the biggest one in town. I thought, this is awesome. So I'm going to be able to still do what I love, news reporting, because that was the only thing I ever wanted to do, and evangelize the whole newsroom, evangelize the world through my job at, you know, Channel 7, ABC Mm -hmm. station in Detroit. But it's funny, because once I got there, and I thought this was the be-all and end-all working on this big, big station in a major market, I started to feel like a fish out of water. 
and I didn't understand it. At the same time, I was continuing to grow in my faith. And the more I grew in my faith, it says in Hosea, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. And as I was seeking the Lord, he was starting to show me the many problems with the mass media, especially the violence, the sensationalism and the media bias, which now we know, fast forward almost 30 years later, is out of control. We've never yeah, seen you, you, like you saw that it's back just, then. Wow. Yeah, I saw it back then in the 90s and it was bad then, but it's just off the charts now. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, why am I feeling this way? Why do I get the sense that God wants to do something different, differently with me? And I was, I fought it. You know, I actually had an experience where I came home from work one night when I was still at this particular station. I was home early and I was making dinner. My husband wasn't home yet. And it was very quiet. I didn't have the TV on, which was not normal because when you were a news reporter, you have to watch what the other stations are doing to make sure you have exact same thing or else the next morning you'll hear it from your executive producer or news director why didn't you have that sound bite why didn't you have that <laughs> sound bite but i just turned off the tv i was very quiet and i was having one of those those you know conversations one-sided conversations with god why did you put me back on the air here what what's going on why do i feel so good you want some cheese with that wine and i got it out in a very italian way and i just let it go and when i silenced myself I could have sworn it was an audible voice and I knew it was the Lord because I just felt it in my heart and got the chills. I heard the words, I can't use you in the secular media anymore. Mm. And it it was so profound that I turned around to see if anyone um, was sitting there at the kitchen table because it was so real. And it stunned me because I thought that can't be, that just can't be. Why would God put me on this big station and then tell me he can't use me anymore? But again, I was in this struggle because I wasn't happy, really, because I was seeing all these problems. And at the same time, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else but what I was doing, because that's what I was trained to do. I have a journalism degree. I worked in the news business my whole career. And I thought, where else am I going to go? So I I had this box, this perfect box. If I could just stay in it and be very happy in my secular career, make my money, you know, be famous in my hometown, blah, 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 then everything will be fine. God, put your stamp on it and we can be besties. But God was moving me and training me to move me into where I am now in terms of my position in Catholic radio. But it took me a while. I fought that voice. I I suppressed it. I did not listen for God. Mm -hmm. And I took another job, left TV and went back into radio for a little while, thinking I would be able to still keep one foot in the Catholic world and one foot in the secular world. But then I was even more miserable there. And I just realized, you know what? Okay. It's been 20 years. It's been a really good run. Lord, you saved my marriage and you saved my soul. Most importantly, mm. I, I, you know, I surrender all I'm, I'm, you know, uncle, here you go, whatever you want me to do. And I, I still had a few months left on my contract and I went to my boss and we worked out a deal and I left in 2000 secular media. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I'll tell you what, father, because I let go and really just offered it up. There was such a peace. I had no idea. I, we lost a one whole income which was pretty scary, but my husband was very supportive about our income in half. And I just said, I don't know. I can't work in this industry anymore. I'm not happy. But little by little, God eventually brought me into Catholic radio. It actually happened once I said yes. It happened pretty quickly. But I was so stubborn, I fought God for a couple of years. So it was a journey. It wasn't like I had this aha moment and walked away from everything. It was there a little Jonah action there? Fall, oh, yeah. Falling in the, <laughs> yes, in exactly. The yes, yes. Trying to run. It, it never works. Um, so uh, what do you think the connection is between people not hearing God's voice? Because as you as we were telling your story there, um, one thing that came to mind was that you were actually listening. Like you actually 
had the ears to hear. And God's trying to talk to us all the time. Um, but we're sometimes too busy to, there's too much stuff. There's too many distractions. And um, do you think there's a connection between the 24 hour news cycle? Since you worked in that, you worked in the, the business. Um, do you think there's a connection between people not hearing God's voice because of this uh, sensationalized news, keep everyone engaged all the time. Um, do you think there's a connection between those? Oh, there's a total connection. I mean, I've written books about it. There's mounds of evidence, and most of it coming from secular universities and think tanks. My first book, Noise, came out in 2007. It's been updated in 2012, but even since then, nine years ago, it's crazy in terms of the amount of media that we consume. So there's all these messages coming at us 24-7. And that's one of the things we talk about in the book, Listening for God, you have to allow for silence. So absolutely, the media affect us in a number of ways, keeping us too busy, keeping us distracted, and then uh, misdirecting us, telling us that something is important, our career is more important, the money is more important, uh, gratification, whatever that may be or look like, is more important. But the other thing I think, too, Father, is that we put God in the box, as I just said. We may hear, and, and I really felt that that was God speaking to me. Well, it wasn't an audible voice, but you, know, you feel it in your gut where you know mm -hmm. God's trying to get a message across. But I didn't listen because it didn't fit my narrative. I had this perfect narrative of how I still wanted my life to go, even though I had come back to the church. I thought my journey was done because I had said yes. My husband and I came close to divorce, divorce at one point in our marriage, and we went to retrovia marriage encounter and had healed everything. And you know, our marriage was was back on the road to recovery. So I thought, well, I'm doing well here. I'm good. That's good with me. Marriage is back on track. You know, I'm okay. I don't have to do anything else. I just got to do my job and witness where and when I can. So I had limited ideas of what God could do with me and what God wanted. I put God in the box. And now if you think about it, I was on one station in one city. Now I'm on over 500 stations around the country and around the world. And that's not, that's not bragging on me. That's bragging on God. Uh, you know, it, I was very stubborn. And the only thing I did was say yes after a big tug of war. So I'm not bragging saying I'm all that in a bag of chips. What I'm saying is, is that we may hear God, but we don't like what we hear. Just like you mentioned, Jonah, we're, we're running in the other direction. That certainly can't be it. He can't mean that. And we block it out. And I blocked it out for three years. And I fought it. I kept saying, okay, maybe I can go here, do this job. Maybe I can do this. And until I finally said, whatever you want to do with me, sincerely, whatever you want to do with me, I'm fine. Because you had, you know, it's, it's you. And then he says, aha, now I can work with you. Now we can mm -hmm. start moving in the direction. I want you to go. So it's a combination of things. It's it's the, the too much information, the information overload, the distraction, the busyness, but it's also the messaging where we think we're God. We make our own little, you know, and mm. God is there to approve our plans. I did it over and over again. Yeah, that's it. Reminds me of Saint Ignatius's and his spiritual exercises. He has this, mm -hmm. uh, and he often said this, but um, holy indifference. We should pray yes. for holy indifference, and it doesn't mean. Uh, like I'm indifferent, like I'm apathetic to what God wants, meaning like whatever you call me to, whatever it right. is, I will say yes. And that's a, that's a special grace and we need to pray for it. We mm -hmm. don't, we don't just have that naturally, you know, <laughs> concupiscence has us, as you said, and right. I've been saying, you know, we want our will and we want our way. Um, but so that's a good thing for my listeners to, to pray for is holy indifference. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Now, part of the book is it's not just your stories. I know, right. I know there's your stories of encountering 
um, God and hearing his voice in different ways, but there's also other people. How'd you gather uh, these people? Well, they're all my good friends. So I can say at a point it was some, sometimes it was like hurting cats, right? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> to get their story in on time, you know, but no, they were all very gracious. And uh, I wanted a variety of people. I wanted some um, uh, well-known people such as Al Cresta, Steve Wright. I've heard some of their stories, you know, in, in our relationship. We've been friends. Most of the people in the book I've known for a long time. So I wanted um, some other folks besides myself because I'm not the only one who has these experiences. God talks to everybody. And, and I wanted different people with different personalities. So I, I was thinking back about the conversations I've had with people over the years. My friend Al Cresta, Steve Ray, mm -hmm. Gail Buckley with Catholic Scripture Study, Joan Lewis, Joan Throne, a very prominent people. Then also some of my personal friends with whom I work in the Archdiocese of Detroit, uh, some friends that uh, I've known for a while. One of my friends is a recent convert and she's working with the Marian Fathers now out in Stockbridge. So I thought of, of people that had unique stories. One of my best friends, who has a number of stories to tell. She says, no, I want my daughter to tell her story. And her daughter had a miraculous experience with the Eucharist during the birth of her um, fifth child. It's very dramatic. And so I, I decided really thinking about a variety of people that had different experiences, some of them very dramatic. One of my friends talked about God preparing her through a very intense retreat right before her husband died suddenly and mm. unexpectedly. Then there's lighter moments. For example, Al's story is so sweet, and I don't want to give it away because it's a side of him that a lot of people don't know about, but it's something that he wanted to, to do again that he enjoyed, and he actually bumped into an old listener of his who affirmed that he needed to do what he was actually thinking about doing that very day. Steve Ray talks about God coming to him in a dream. Kelly Walquist talks about the Lord speaking to her in adoration. So there's, there's all kinds of stories, and, and some of them are, are smaller, some of them are more dramatic. We have a story about an attempted suicide. And the one I love about this story, I will give you a little bit of detail about this because this is phenomenal. Sometimes people think that when God speaks to us, it's going to be like, you know, Moses and, and, and the Ten Commandments are going to come down from the mountain with, the, you know, with the tablets and everything. That could be. I mean, you know, God speaks to us differently. But sometimes because God understands the human nature, because he, you know, God, Jesus walked on the earth with us physically for mm -hmm. 33 years. So the incarnation, the body is very important. We are made in his image, male and female. Sometimes when he talks to us, He's going to tell us something very simple just to have us take that very first step. My my friend Alyssa Borms from um, Minnesota tells the story of how she was suicidal and she was lying on the floor in her bathroom. and She was ready to kill herself. And the only thing that kept her from doing it was thinking about her mother. But she was this, this close. I mean, like really, really close hmm. to taking her own life, slitting her wrists and, and just ending it all. She was post-abortive and there were a lot of other issues. And she heard the voice of God. And God just said to her, get up, get dressed, and go to bed. It was just something very simple and practical. So God knew that she, the only thing she could do at that moment was take one step. Okay? Yeah. And and so she just, she, you know, I don't know if I'm trying to remember the story exactly, but I'm not sure at that moment if she thought it was God, but she knew that something was compelling her to get up, get dressed, and go to bed. And so that was the first step. Then she took another step. And then her story is 10 years to the day after she was thinking about suicide, she was at a private audience with John Paul II. And she was thinking back at that time at that mass with John Paul II to what had happened 10 years earlier and how God brought her step by step by step. So God is going to speak to us where we're at and what we need at the moment because he's God and nobody knows us better than him. 
Absolutely. Um, and, and I like that you included a, a bunch of different people because, you know, God interacts with people differently, you know? And so, so yeah. our way of encountering the Lord isn't necessarily someone else's and it's good to have the diversity. It reminds me of the old saying, you know, every sinner is the same, but every saint is, is different, right? The right. complexity of the saints experience. And, and you include at the beginning of each chapter, a little connection uh, to those saints. And, and that's pretty cool. And you can find stories like you just heard in Teresa's book. Um, where can they find the book? Uh, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us is published by our friends at Sophia Institute Press. They can go to sophiapress.com or go to my website. It's probably the easiest, teresatomio.com slash listening for God. I think the book is still on sale right now, so they should grab it and they can grab another copy, but teresatomio.com slash listening for God. It would be good, a good uh, little read for, you know, Lent's coming up not too far away. Um, and and so it would be a good read for Lent. Get it, get it for a friend yeah, for Lent. Yeah, I think it's a great read for Lent. And also we... We're having a virtual conference on the book, Father, um, in the second week of second or third week of Lent, the weekend of March 6th, 7th and 8th. So if people can just check out my website uh, and just stay tuned to that, you can sign up for my free e-newsletter. But we're going to be doing a virtual conference with all the contributors and some other folks are going to be joining us to talk about listening for God during Lent. There you go. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. include all those links in the show notes um, underneath the episode so you can go get the book. You can join the conference and uh, and just be edified this upcoming month. Thanks, Father. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Father. You too. And and thanks for being out there. It's so important to hear from holy priests like yourself. Really appreciate it. Amen. Okay. God bless. You too. Peace. Peace.